Hey everyone and welcome back to Books with Spice Please. I'm Al. And I'm Katie and in this week's episode we're going to be discussing and reviewing Electric Idol by Katie Robert. We picked this book because it just so happens to be in the theme this month which was kind of crazy because it just came out last month so we were really excited. Yeah and it's also conveniently enough continuing the series we started last season. Yeah, I know we haven't really talked about it yet, but we are going to continue the series that we started last season, this season. So it's kind of like kicking us off a little bit. That's pretty cool. Yeah, we obviously have known Katie Robert for a while now. We discovered her on Book Talk when we first started Books of Spice. And I'm really excited to talk about this one with you today. <laughs> I'm glad because there was something about Neon Gods that I just am not able to remember and this book kind of reminded me maybe why I don't remember that book so much (laughs) um this book is contemporary but I feel like the one thing about this book that I'm still confused about is the magic aspect because if you cross the bridge going into lower Olympus it makes you feel sleepy and it like is really, really uncomfortable, especially if you don't have an invitation. So I don't know. Um, yeah, it feels like there should be some kind of magic involved. Like when I'm reading it, like I'm way, there's a part of me that's got my head stuck somewhere that has magic in it. I don't know why it doesn't feel like present day when I'm reading it. Yeah, but I, I mean, it, it is. Yeah, I think because they have cell phones and whatnot, but it's just interesting. Um, The paperback had 372 pages in it. The audiobook was 11 hours. And like we already said, this is the second book in a series. It's the Dark Olympus series. The first one was Beyond Gods that we already talked about on the podcast. So if you want to listen to us talk about that book, it's back there. I can't remember what I said about it back then, but. We'll talk about it some more today. Yeah. So remember, we are an 18 plus podcast for content warnings. There's some graphic violence a little bit and some fat shaming. Along with fat shaming, we have, Al just pointed out, abusive parental relationship. There was obviously some grooming between Aphrodite and Eros. Yeah, I thought that the abusive parental relationship was to note because it kind of snuck up on me and... Thinking about trigger warnings and content warnings again, I definitely think that that was a reason why this book felt a little distant for me. Um, But yeah, good to know. I'll read the quick summary. (laughs) In the ultra modern city of Olympus, there's always a price to pay. Psyche Demetrio knew Aphrodite's jealous rage eventually, but she never expected her literal heart to be at stake. Or for Aphrodite's gorgeous son to be the one ordered to strike the killing blow. Eros has no problem shedding blood. Raised to be his mother's knife in the dark, he's been conditioned to accept that he's more monster than man. But when it comes time to take out his largest target, he can't do it. Oh. <laughs> his his latest... <laughs> Rude, I'm so fucking sorry. <laughs> what am I thinking? <laughs> His latest target, he can't do it. Confused by his reaction to Psyche's unexpected kindness, he does the only thing he can think of to keep her safe. He binds her to him, body and soul. Psyche didn't expect to find herself married to the glittering city's most dangerous killer, but something about Eros wakens a fire inside her she's never felt before. 
As lines blur and loyalties shift, Psyche realizes Eros might take her heart after all, and she's not sure she can survive the loss. So our book starts off in Psyche's point of view at a party the new Zeus is having. Demeter wants to marry Psyche off now that Persephone is married and wants to introduce her to Zeus. Demeter's still got her head in one track mind right now, wants some daughter of hers to be the next Hera. So Aphrodite is trying to talk with Zeus at the time and she's a total bitch when she sees Demeter and Psyche approaching. She says, Demeter, darling, I know you're not thinking of this daughter as a potential marriage candidate. And she goes on to say she can send over a health plan to Psyche if she's interested. It just got nasty so quick. Yeah, it did. And I don't really remember a whole lot about Aphrodite in the last book, to be honest. I didn't either. And I thought it was interesting we picked up so quickly from the last book. I was like, oh, okay. I wish I had reread Neon Gods because it kind of like just jumped right off the bat. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you definitely will want to read Neon Gods before you start this book, for sure. And so after that interaction with Aphrodite, Psyche excuses herself for a moment and she's in the bathroom thinking about how she doesn't want to be Hera because the insults that she faces online would just be constant and they'd be even louder. And a quote, I'm already not enough for them. Or rather, I'm too much. Too quiet, too fat, too plain. And when she walks out of the bathroom, she sees Eros. Mm-hmm. She notices he's got blood on him. When she asks him about it, he says, I quote, It's the blood of the last pretty girl who asked too many questions. But does that deter her? No. No. <laughs> she insists that he let her help him even if it's against her better judgment. Like, she knows better. She knows this man is dangerous, but she can't help herself. And even though he's Aphrodite's son, he's the one she sends to beat or kill someone in her way or has wronged her. She tells him, even monsters need help sometimes, Eros. I thought that was cute. It was super cute. I loved it. I loved their little interaction, their first one. It was kind of like a meet cute moment. Like she walks out of the bathroom and he's there covered in blood and she's insistent to take care of him. Love that. So super cute. She gets his blood cleaned up and helps tend to the wound that he's got going on. And they're standing in the hallway really close together. And they almost seem like they're about to kiss when they're interrupted by a man with a camera who snaps a picture of them. And he says... I knew I saw you get in the elevator together, Psyche. Care to comment about what you're doing sneaking away from Zeus's party to get alone time with Eros Ambrosia? Yep, so a huge little gossip storm has proceeded. And then we're two weeks later and it's still a hot topic with Psyche and Eros. Neither have made a public statement about it or talked to each other since that night. Aphrodite is pissed. She's got major beef with Demeter and therefore her daughters. She wants Eros to bring Psyche's heart. Like she's not saying that it's not a phrase. She legitimately wants her heart. Yeah. And it's because she's pissed that Demeter was trying to set up Psyche to be the next Terra, which a popular task of Aphrodite's is arranging marriages amongst the rich 
and elite of Olympus. So she wants to be the one to choose the next Terra. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a big deal, too, because Zeus is the head honcho guy. Yeah. So Eros knows that there is no arguing with his mom about Psyche, and he has to do what she says. She says she wants Psyche's heart by the end of the week, and he says that he'll do it. The consequences of not listening to her are exile, and he's actually exiled people for her before, so he knows what that is, like, intimately. Mm-hmm. He calls Hermes to deliver a message to Psyche, who receives it while out shopping with Callisto. This mess isn't going to blow over anytime soon. There's only one way to keep our mothers from feuding. Meet me tonight at Ubris. Come alone. I want to interject too, because we didn't do character descriptions this time for those who are new to the series and don't know who Callisto is. If you haven't read the book yet, she is one of Psyche's sisters and she's the one that doesn't give a fuck about the 13 and is chaotic and will fuck shit up. Like she is the sister that doesn't like to play by the rules of Olympus. And Hermes is like Hermes, but it's a female Hermes in this in this retelling, which is fun. Yeah, she's a mer- messenger for all of the 13. And her voice turns into that person's voice, too, when she relays the messages. So that's interesting. Yeah, she's like a mimic. Mm-hmm. And then we end up in Eris's point of view, and it's when they meet up at Ibris. Psyche yeah. knew, though, that she was, like, walking into a trap. But anyway, so... He's starting to feel guilty for what he's about to do, and it's confusing him because he's never really felt this kind of stuff before. And when Psyche arrives, she's under the impression that it's to discuss how to manipulate the media into chasing after someone else to talk about, but it absolutely is not why he wanted to meet. He looks at her and says, Aphrodite doesn't want you ruined. She wants you dead. Psyche goes pale and tells him all the reasons why it's a bad idea to kill her. <laughs> She's like, starts playing for her life. And what were some of these reasons, Katie? So she tells him that Persephone would tear him apart. Demeter has no issues getting her hands dirty. And her mother is arranging a marriage between her and Zeus. And she doesn't believe Zeus would be thankful for killing the future Hera. So... After that, in response, Eros shows Psyche pictures of Hermes and Dionysus having a good time with a faceless curvy brunette that he can use against her and tells her no one even know where she is at right now. But he does come up with a solution that will let her live. And what is that, Al? That she would have to marry him mm-hmm. to keep her safe from his mom somehow. Because... Of course, it was going to make his mom mad. I don't know how he didn't see how that was going to happen. But he says, look, if I marry you, that ties me to Demeter as much as it ties you to Aphrodite. She won't be able to exile me without causing a stir. And if you suddenly turn up dead, there's no plausible deniability there. If we make a believable ever, it's a love match between two rivals' children. As the last two weeks have more than proven, the media loves that Romeo and Juliet shit. And so Psyche tells Eros to prove that he can fake it with her. And he turns up the charm and says, this is the quote from that moment. The change is almost instantaneous. Eros smiles at me and it's as if the sun just came out from behind a cloud. 
It warms his eyes and lights up his face. He leans across the table and takes my hands. I love you, Psyche. Let's get married. <laughs> and because he's like really kind of a cold guy. Mm-hmm. He doesn't show very much emotion. So she was like, how's anyone going to believe us? And he just puts the charm on. He makes and it believable. He does. They put an end date to the arrangement when they no longer need to pretend to be in love or married. And it's when Aphrodite is no longer Aphrodite. So really, they're going out together to take Aphrodite down. I don't know why they wouldn't think that Aphrodite was going to do everything that she could. But okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was clearly thought through all the way. But he did make some good points. And I think he had high hopes that would help keep her alive. You know. He has A plus for effort. Uh, it was not well thought through. No, he tried. So they go-, they go back to his penthouse and she tells him that he can't have sex with anyone else because she isn't polyamorous and anyone who knows her knows that she'd have his balls if he did while they were together and he agrees. He goes on to tell her that she needs to get used to his touch and not flinch every time he touches her and suggests they have sex. It'd be great exposure therapy, is what he tells her. (laughs) And she does not agree and says no to sex and that it's off the table. He makes her sleep with him in the same bed, though, at the very least. And our boy is lounging with those gray sweatpants on. (laughs) I liked how it mirrored Soul and Darkness that way. How they slept in the same bed together every night. And the marriage was, like, arranged. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, it was. I really liked the way that Katie reinterpreted this love story, honestly. So here's a quote from that moment. He's staring at me as if he wants to consume me, bite by bite, savoring each morsel. Every muscle in his body is locked, and there's no mistaking the hard length pressing against the front of his lounge pants. Lust. It's pure lust, and it's so strong it feels like it's filling up the room between us. (sighs) Yeah. I liked these moments. While laying in bed, they decided to go public on social media. They get lighting and everything right so she can take a good picture for the gram. And she's taking a picture of them cuddling up in bed together, kissing. But it turns into a sexy makeout session. And quote is, I melt. There's no other word for it. I drop my phone and dig my hands into his curly hair, allowing him to deepen the kiss even as a small voice in the back of my mind calls me seven different kinds of a fool. I loved this moment. I thought it was so fucking cute and hot. And I was like, oh my God. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I know. I, And part of me, for some reason, still wasn't accepting the social media part of it for I just kept imagining them as magical beings. <laughs> I don't know. So I imagine them in this luxurious bed and she's got a phone, but the social media aspect of it just, i it was helpful that it got brought up so much because it really hounded at home. I'm still kind of getting used to the world, I think. Yeah, that's fair. I felt I, like the world is a little weird and there's still so many questions that I have. I Yeah. Yeah, the whole thing with the 13 and how it's all related to this whole series is related to her Wicked Villains series, apparently. But that whole thing with Hades and Learn My Lesson 
and the Hades and Neon Gods, I still have no idea how they're connected and it drives me bonkers. I have to still figure out if I can read. She, I think she has a story on her Patreon. I don't know if it's still there. I don't know how that works, but I need to figure that out because it confuses the fuck out of me. Yeah. I haven't read those ones yet. I am like 10 minutes away from finishing the audio of Learn My Lesson. So some of when he got brought up, Hercules gets brought up just very briefly in this book. I was like, what? Okay. Yeah. What? Uh, I don't know. It just made it even more confusing. Yeah. Anyway, the next morning he makes her breakfast and they are discussing the game plan that they need to go to her home to get her stuff after her mother leaves to go to a brunch with Persephone, but he won't let her go alone because he wouldn't be able to keep her safe if he wasn't with her. They decide to get married that evening and that her family can come if they can be convinced. Persephone is the only one who agrees. She doesn't tell her mother. And Persephone only agrees because Psyche supported her with Hades. They also won't do interviews or make comments on their relationship for a week. They want to make the press... And the people kind of squirm and wonder and, like, build up that anticipation to hear more about their, their relationship. Mm-hmm. Let it marinate. Mm-hmm. They go back to Psyche's house and he's taken aback at how homey and warm it is, how inviting all of the family pictures are on the walls. And it's really sad that Eros doesn't really know love or what a family is. And he's... When he sees Psyche's room, he's absolutely horrified that it's so messy. And later on, they return to his pet house and he gives her the spare bedroom for her closet and says that (laughs) she's not allowed to have her mess anywhere else in the house and it must be contained there. (laughs) I want to add that they had to go back to her house to get her clothes because she couldn't go to the mall and buy clothes because the clothes of the mall weren't going to fit her. She had to go back her clothes that had been uh purchased for her body type okay yes and i think part of that too is not just like going to the mall and getting standard clothes she couldn't get things ordered um from designers without things getting like fit properly and whatnot because of her body type yeah she's like because i think he did in the beginning initially like oh i'll just buy you some more and she's like no you can't just buy me some we don't have time for that i have all of my clothes pretty much specifically tailored and know how they fit like we don't yeah. have time for that. There was only a, a, a few designers that had clothes in her size um, and stuff like that. Yeah, I thought that was a little, like, I'm, a, I'm glad for the representation. And I thought it was a good way to get Eros into her home and to see that side of him. So more of the character development. So that was nice, especially compared to the, like, really nasty fat phobia <laughs> at the beginning. Yeah, for sure. It was another reminder that our character is bigger and beautiful and has different needs. And I thought it was interesting to add that mm-hmm. in. I know. And then before they return to his home, they get Psyche a dress for the wedding. And it sounded absolutely gorgeous. It's a deep Merlot with a sweetheart bodice. The fabric gathers on her right hip and a burst of silver roses and there's silver petals trailing down the full skirt tiny sleeves create an off-the-shoulder look and there's silver stitching that creates a v along the top of the bodice and they were able to get this dress one because he called ahead for her while she was figuring out the rest of her stuff 
And this designer had some things already that would be easy to tailor to her needs in an hour. And he was pretty much paying triple the rate that the designer had set for such short notice. He told her, no, like, don't hold back. It's your wedding. I don't care about this expense. So get what you want. And she did. And she chose a dress that would make a statement. Yep. She needed it to make a statement. Mm Mm-hmm. After they get the dress, they head back to his house and there's time to kill before the jeweler arrives so they can buy the rings they need for their wedding ceremony, of course, and they kill time in the best way. It's then that Psyche decides that she has changed her mind and agrees with Eros about some exposure therapy. She was reserved at first because she has a hard time with separation of sex and emotions. And I thought it was such a good thing for her to tell him that that's what she was worried about. I know. I love that moment too. Because I'm the same way. And I had to tell all my past like few relationships that I had before I met my husband. Like, no, you know, this is going to happen. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'll get too emotionally attached. <laughs> but I love that. Yeah. But he's so excited and sets a fucking timer because he doesn't want to get too carried away when he's going down on her. And do you want to give us that sexy quote? I want to feel her coming all over my face and I want it now. So I want to make this so good she'll forget why she tried to put a limit on this. Or that's the plan. She's so wet I have to tighten the chain on my control. I want in. I want it so bad I'm shaking more than she did when she came all over my face. My cock is painfully hard and I'm not remotely ashamed to have a small wet spot on the front of my pants from pre-cum. Of course I do. This woman hits all my buttons. It'd be so easy to reach down and undo my pants to wrap my fist around my cock and jack myself. Yeah. (laughs) And then while they're getting ready for the jeweler to arrive, he thinks to himself... No wonder my mother wanted me to extinguish her bright light. She's smart and savvy and far too good for a man like me. (sighs) He just wants to pleasure her. He does. That was incredible. 45 fucking minutes. (laughs) And that's seriously the whole time he just spent going down on her. Love it. So (laughs) their witnesses start arriving for the wedding and Persephone tells her that she let their mother know at brunch (laughs) that their planned wedding and Aphrodite found out while she was away at a spa and left a nasty voicemail on Eris's phone. So that was fun. <laughs> and Demeter shows up and is actually rather supportive and I really respected her at that moment. She doesn't like arrows but she says and I quote, I'll be damned before any of my daughters walk down the aisle alone. And she also tells Psyche that she wished she would have told her sooner so that she could have helped negotiate far more favorable terms before getting married and it was at this moment too that they were talking about how like out of all of Demeter's daughters Psyche is the one that is most like her mother so I don't know that was interesting I don't dislike Demeter but I don't like her either yeah she's kind of a cold character at this point still too power hungry like she loves her daughters but also she wants best for what is best for Demeter I still don't understand what power they have. What power who has? Demeter. What's her power? Like, so she's is one she... of the 13 and she's the one that is in charge of like the food and agriculture. Like in Neon Gods, she retaliated against Hades having Persephone. She quit giving food to the lower Olympus. That's her power, basically. Um, she just is a high official in government. 
pretty much. Oh, okay. I guess that makes more sense to me. Yeah, it's all just like government. These are titles in government that people, I think, okay, so later in this book, we're hinted at like, um, who is it? Apollo or Ares is close to death. And it's like a tournament, they said, to win the title. So I don't think they're elected, but they have to win a tournament. I don't know. That part's confusing to me too. Yeah. And then you're born a Zeus, Hades, or Poseidon. Those ones you can't like win or be elected to. Okay. So they're like all supposed to be equal in power, but really they're not. And they all know Zeus is like top dog. Yeah. Okay. Well, they get married and Eros is doing his best to keep his cool. He's just waiting for everyone to go home after the wedding so he can bed his wife again. (laughs) so he so he embedded i mean he didn't even have sex with her the first time they he just be eating her out i know he's really hoping to score though like go all the way <laughs> the time finally comes and before they have sex they come to an agreement that he will be allowed to properly seduce her so i thought that was also pretty cute because she was like if you want to try to seduce me you can try to seduce me it was only agreed that they would have sex for that night because it was their wedding night and then after that exposure therapy was done but he'd be allowed to seduce her yeah and i thought that this is something that got a little bit repetitive for me because it's like we know that it's a marriage of convenience but you can tell that they've got these feelings for each other already and i was just kind of like if he is one try to seduce you can't you just like like let i don't know i don't know maybe there's just a part of it that i don't get you know mm-hmm but the whole time she's trying to push away from something that she said that she wouldn't mind him trying to do. So, but these quotes are in Psyche's point of view. Eros holds my gaze as he parts my folds and pushes two blunt fingers into me, a slow and thorough penetration. I start to shut my eyes, unable to bear being exposed like this, but he makes a sharp sound. No, don't hide from me. Not tonight. Not like this. Let go, Psyche. I want to feel your pussy clamp around my fingers as you come. He presses the heel of his hand to my clit, each stroke rubbing me where I need it most. And it's still sexy time, and the following quotes are in Eris's point of view. My hands are shaking. My whole fucking body is shaking. Watching Psyche come apart for me, feeling her clench around my fingers as she orgasmed, knowing that she's trusting me enough to let me guide this. It makes me want to fall on her like a ravening beast. I slide down her body, pressing her large breasts together so I can tease one nipple and the other, moving back and forth between them until she's whimpering and arching, offering herself up for more than a taste. Let me have you, Psyche. The words are wrong. They are mean too much. Reveal too much. She feels even better than I could have dreamed, like she's made just for me. I'm too far gone to care about the danger of thinking like that. I can't help thrusting a little, watching her face as I do. You're so fucking good, Psyche. I thrust hard, loving the way she moans in response. All tight and wet and made just for me. Mm. So hot. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) After some internal conflict about how having sex again is probably a bad idea, and talking it through together, they ultimately decide to go for it. So, sexy quotes again, coming your way. He dips his head and then his mouth is on my pussy. It's different from yesterday afternoon when he was a man on a mission, perfectly focused on my pleasure. 
but wasting no time on making me come so hard, I saw stars. I cry out, my grip spasming in his hair. But the pleasure doesn't stop, it keeps going, his mouth and hands building up another wave even before the first dissipates. After he's gone down on her, she insists he let her return the favor, and he tries to tell her that it's okay, she doesn't have to, but she really insists. He's so hard, he's practically throbbing. Poor baby, I murmur. This looks like it hurts. Ah, love it. She's using that moment to try and test his restraint. So now we're on Eros's point of view. I drag her up my body. Too rough. Too fucking rough. Not that Psyche seems to care. She practically throws herself at my mouth, kissing me with none of the teasing she exhibited during that blowjob. He tells her he wants to fuck her bear, and she's like, not gonna have raw sex. There's gonna be condoms. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's like, let me show you how I fuck someone who's mine because you're mine. Do you feel that, Psyche? I'm the one who can make you feel that way. I'll do it again whenever you need me again and again and again. After they get their fucking out of the way and they're eating <laughs> breakfast and they go out to the gardens, we discovered Eros was only 17 the first time he started being Aphrodite's knife, per se. He was 19 the first time he killed somebody and it was a stalker of his mom's. Psyche tries to open up and let him know that he isn't the only one with faults. She's not completely blameless either and told him about how she was behind the audio being leaked of Ares ranting about all of Zeus's children being failures and he realizes that Psyche trusts him and he wants to earn that trust and he wants to be worthy of it pretty much. Yeah, that's what these boys love. They love trying so hard to be worthy yeah it's like a trope isn't it it's a common theme for sure like oh this woman makes me want to change my ways and be a better man yeah or like with other books where they're like i'm not good enough for you i'm a monster and she's like you're not a monster like edward (laughs) yeah love that yeah (laughs) after the gardens eros takes psyche to one of his favorite spots he likes to go where he can be himself it's called the barake and it's a bar near the theater that actors like to go and frequent and they get their drinks and sit down and talk about aphrodite again because they can't stop talking about aphrodite no he told her trying to kill psyche (laughs) he told her that he thinks his mom will try to poison the relationship first so that he will toss her out on his own and he doesn't know that his mom has much of a heart but she doesn't care about him and she really desperately wanted to ask if you were sure about that but doesn't psyche and eros are having a really great moment like they're about to kiss or they are kissing i can't quite remember and his mother walks in yes aphrodite walks straight into the bar to their table and she's absolutely vile and she says i really don't understand why you chose her literally any of the demetrio daughters would be better than the feral one she laughs low and throaty well look at her and she lets them know that she still plans on killing psyche or getting her killed and tries to pretend that it's in her son's best interest and she's doing it because she cares for him this is really when aphrodite reminds me of mother gothel yeah she does she's like mother knows best over and over again pretty much it's gross psyche's able to keep her cool and tells eros that they need to keep their cover that they are a happy couple and he really is having a hard time because he's so mad psyche asks eros what he's getting out of this whole arrangement because what does he have to gain by not killing her for his mom and he says i would think it's obvious he brushes his lips to my knuckles again i get you 
Yeah. He's starting to slowly show that he actually really does care about her. They get back home and he shows her the safe room where he tells her she can go if she ever is home alone by chance and gets spooked and that he can offer her a way out of Olympus and she refuses and says she is not going to flee. They decide they need more alliances and they're going to do an interview on top of their social media teasers to help their relationship look more real. He tries calling Aphrodite and telling her to back off again and Aphrodite refuses. Again, she pulls the whole I'm doing this because I love you card and hangs up on him. So our next major scene happens at Helen's party. Helen is the sister of our now sitting Zeus. So they have a really good time and Psyche really loosens up and gives Helen a chance for Eros because he had asked her to because Helen is like a sister to him. When it's time to go, Psyche is good and drunk and they had an excellent time. They go out to the parking garage and Eros notices that the booth that a security guard is supposed to be in in the parking garage is empty, which has never been the case before. So he has a feeling that something bad had happened. He gets Psyche in the security booth and has the door shut. The glass and everything is bulletproof and you can't even crash a car into it. It's going to hold her and keep her safe. And tries to tell her she needs to sober up enough to at least call the security desk to tell them that there'd been a breach. So she, she does. She starts doing that and he runs over to his car because he has a gun in his car and he's able to get to there without a problem but he hears gunshot before he's able to get back to psyche he runs over and is able to tackle the man to the ground and psyche is still safe there's only one man there trying to kill psyche but everything turns out to be gucci you know <laughs> psyche however is super mad because he could have gotten hurt like he just put himself in harm's way and he was honestly afraid that she would look at him with fear after witnessing him smash that man's face into the concrete ground several times. But she didn't care about that. She was just worried about him being safe. Yeah, he was like a little shocked that she wasn't scared too. I was, and I mean, I don't know. Like, why would she be upset that some guy that tried to hurt her would got hurt? I <laughs> you know, she he was probably just feeling self-conscious because he was letting her see a side of him. He didn't want her to ever see. And like he was being very violent. And I don't know, maybe he's like, oh, this poor girl can't handle violence. Even yeah. though you were about to be killed or trying, they were trying to kill you. The next morning, she wakes up and discovers that he had left Tylenol and Gatorade on her bedside table for her and thought it was super sweet because he is taking care of her. She asks if he would like to know what she sees when she looks at him. And she says that she sees someone loyal, ambitious, and someone clever. And she wants to tell him that she loves him, but she can't yet. He tells her that he sees a woman that he doesn't deserve and that she makes him want to be a better man so that one day he might deserve her. And he sees a goddess. They have some great sex in front of the many mirrors that he has at his house. Here's a sexy time quote. Katie, you want to read it? I follow his gaze to find a reflection in the mirror. It's sexy to have him kneeling over me, strumming my pleasure higher and higher, but seeing it as if someone else were watching us, I almost combust on the spot. And then Arrow starts circling my clit with his thumb and I do combust. Dirty girl, he murmurs against my skin. You complain about all the mirrors as if you don't get off on me fucking you in front of them. Love a good mirror sex scene. I love the dirty girl bit. <laughs> After sex, they have a meeting with Zeus that Eros had arranged 
because of the incident at the parking garage. Zeus says that he has no proof that Aphrodite was behind the threat and that if they tell him that Aphrodite sent Eros to kill Psyche, that Eros would also have to share that punishment. And he basically tells them that he's not going to do anything about it because Olympus needs stability right now. And he has to play the role of Zeus. Hades hasn't been in play in a long time and he's in play now. So that's changed. There's a new Zeus. Hades is back in town. And Aphrodite needs to be a stable character. If she gets knocked out or is replaced, things are going to get crazy. And this is when he reveals that Demeter had been in hard negotiations with Zeus and they were about to finalize the marriage between Psyche and Zeus. Yeah. But we boy, already Eros knew that. Was a little shook. Didn't we already know that though? I don't think Psyche knew that. I think she was trying to bluff a little bit initially telling Eros why it was a bad idea to get her killed. But she didn't know her mother was already drawing up contracts and stuff and about to finalize the process because she hadn't even really gotten to introduce her to Zeus. Okay. I just remember not being that shocked. Yeah, I'm not either. I mean, just knowing who Demeter is, but... They end up going to the interview that they had planned, and at the end, Psyche takes a moment with just the reporter while Eros waits outside and secretly discloses information on Aphrodite taking a hit on her before they go to meet up with Demeter. And she tells her mom about Aphrodite and that she will be taken care of on her own terms, or she will bring her knowledge of Demeter's shady dealings to the press. So obviously Demeter agrees that Psyche is going to be the one handling it, that Demeter is not going to step in. And she set up a meeting with Poseidon. And Psyche knows that it's going to be really hard to get a meeting with Poseidon. He famously refuses to get involved with the power plays of the 13. Yeah, she was just hoping to get Poseidon as another member of the 13 on their side. And it'd look good if she had both Hades and Poseidon. So happy moment time. Eros tells Psyche that he cares about her and that losing her would hurt him. He goes on to say, and I quote, When I'm with you, I feel human. I flat out fucking feel. Do you understand what that means for a person like me? I thought those parts were dead and buried so deep that they'd never see light again. I had to cut them down in order to continue to do the things required of me. And she responds by saying, You're so willing to cut your heart out to keep me safe. It never occurred to you that I would feel the same way and she really doesn't want him to bear the cost of hurting his own mother and wants to find another way to deal with Aphrodite because Eros is now willing to kill his mother to keep Psyche safe. They have a really sweet tender moment where he confesses that he just needs to hold her and they snuggle. There's no sex. They just snuggle and they go to bed and he's holding her the whole night. And I just thought it was really sweet. He was like, really let himself be vulnerable there. Yeah. When they wake up, Persephone tells Psyche that Hades will tell Zeus that he sides with Psyche and Eros soon. And after, Demeter tells Psyche that Poseidon is not going to meet with them. Eros tells Psyche that he's going to go take care of his mom and she begs him not to and he won't hear any of it. He tells her to wait in the safe room and she tells him, okay, I'll wait. He leaves and she immediately gets Aphrodite's number from Helen and calls. Asks Aphrodite to meet her at the gardens. 
She just wants all of this to end. Meanwhile, Eros is at his mother's house and surprised to find that it's empty. He checks his vault where his guns and poisons are kept and sees that one of his guns are missing. And he gets a really bad feeling. Helen calls and tells him Psyche asked for Aphrodite's number and she's afraid Psyche is in trouble. And Eros immediately knows that Aphrodite has a gun and runs to the gardens. Yeah, when he gets there, Aphrodite is dressed in his coat and his gloves on and is pointing a gun at Psyche, who looks to be scared and cowering. She's trying to frame Eros for Psyche's murder, and she eventually yells at both Psyche and Eros that they're done talking. And Psyche responds with, yes, I suppose we are. I've got more than enough, and so does Olympus. So she stands up and shows that she's been live streaming their conversation their whole conversation and Aphrodite is pissed but Psyche is actually the one to get to her first and manages to wrestle the gun out of her hand so everybody in Olympus saw Aphrodite a little unhinged honestly that's what it sounds like and pointing the gun at Psyche trying to kill her yeah Eris's people show up quickly after and Zeus declares that Aphrodite will be exiled and he tells Psyche and Eros that he's being lenient and not exiling Eros because he's family. He's now engaged to Callisto. I know. Psyche really did not want that to happen, but they can't worry about that now. That's for tomorrow's problems. <laughs> they get home and Eros tells Psyche he'll grant her a divorce. And she's like, shut the fuck up, bro. You're my monster. I love you. And they have sex telling each other that they love each other over and over and over again. Yeah. Now we're at the epilogue. It's the first Sunday dinner. They're about to attend with Psyche's family and Eros is nervous as fuck. He wants to be accepted with Psyche's family because he knows how important they are and it eventually hurt her if he wasn't welcomed. Yeah, he's not used to the whole family dynamic thing. No, not at all. Psyche shows Eros the pictures of the two of them on their wedding day hanging on the wall next to Hades and Persephone's. Demeter has accepted them as part of their family. It's really sweet. They then... They <laughs> then go into the kitchen where the women are moving around and cooking dinner and he goes to stand next to Hades and it's a really sweet moment and Hades is like yeah I was surprised as fuck too the first few times I came over <laughs> yeah because Hades didn't understand either and now they both have families yeah <laughs> uh, the last line of the book is I really am the luckiest son of a bitch in Olympus okay okay I <laughs> little cheesy at the end but i loved it i loved it it was cute so what was your spice rating i want to give it a three and a half pepper okay yeah that's fair so we don't hear anything about like the size of his cock really we don't have any crazy kind of sex the mere sex was hot he was hot he goes down on her and pleasures her i thought it was all but it was nothing too out of the norm and then the amount of sex is a decent amount, too. I think it's reasonable, a reasonable, realistic amount. It's not over the top. Yeah. Well, 45 minutes, I feel like, is a really long time. Okay, that's just, like, one time that he ate her out, though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but still, it's a long time <laughs> to just eat her out. It is. Anyway, maybe my life is sad. Maybe our life is sad. I don't know. What was your spice rating? Yeah, three and a half is good. I would give it three and a half, too. Okay. And do you think he was a book husband? I really do. I fucking loved Eros. 
I thought he was sweet. Um, was Eros a book husband for you? He was a book husband for sure. For sure. Loved the Gatorade and the Tylenol after she had been drinking the next day. Yeah, he was good. I loved him. Mm-hmm. He was sweet. I, I definitely think he's book husband. And I want to know what your star rating was. Okay, I give this book a good four stars. There are just some things that are unanswered and confusing to me, like the world that it's set in. But I did really like this story. Yeah, I think I've given it a good three and a half stars. I I liked the fat rep, but there was also, it got so nasty sometimes. And I don't know, maybe that's just a personal thing, but three and a half stars is where I was at with this one. But thanks for listening. You could join us next Tuesday when we start continuing the series that we had started last season, just like this book. We are going to be starting off next month with Take a Hint, Danny Brown by Talia Hibbert. We go live on Instagram for Friday Night Spice at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every Friday when we talk about this week's podcast with y'all. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and do all the engagement things. Talking with y'all and seeing what you think about these books and topics is why we are here. Don't forget, you can also find us on tiktok facebook anywhere you can find podcasts the WeTube and youtube see you next week until then stay spicy, stay spicy.